You're listening to Rest Days. Before we dive into this week's episode, it's important for us to note that some of the topics and conversations we cover in this episode could be triggering. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to Rest Days. I am one of your hosts, Lauren Lavelle, and today we are talking about our basic person fall starter pack, which we know is a mouthful to get into, but this is a conversation about what makes fall fall, our favorite things, the pumpkin spice latte, boyfriend fits, hats, and pumpkin-related clickbait. I am here with my lovely co-host, Maria. Hello, my name is Maria <laughs> Sylvester Terry, and I'm a registered dietitian. I live here in New Orleans, and I gotta be honest, I'm really not into pumpkin spice. That's my fun fact for today. Ooh, okay, fighting words already. I am into <laughs> pumpkin spice. You are? Yeah. Yeah. No. Bitch, the way that I am. I asked the people at Trader Joe's when all of the stuff was coming in. I had a list and I was like, do you know when this is coming back? Do you know if this is coming back? Do you know when this is coming back? Do you know if this is coming back? Mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. the commitment, Lauren. I think it's great. Um, so we can get into we can get into the pumpkin stuff later. But yes, I'm here for pumpkin spice. I am absolutely positively not here for anything else fall, to be honest. <laughs> And then we're going to go down the list and I'm going to be like, I love cinnamon. <laughs> like, I love these other things. And you're going to be like, okay, so you do like fall. I'm wearing this autumnal looking color today to get into the mood, um, the vibe. But before we get into the whole thing, can we talk about clickbait? Um, <laughs> I've been waiting all week. Yes. So last week I actually said to Maria, maybe one time we'll have clickbait that's actually not a clickbait. It could be in person. Um, and I didn't think it would come so soon, but I had an in-person like experience, experience with fall and pumpkins. Would you, are you, are you ready to hear about it? I'm, a, I'm on the edge of my seat. I, I have been wondering all week what, what it, it could is. possibly be. Okay. okay. So, you know, I'm in Philadelphia for those of you who don't know. And Scott, my husband, is selling art. So we were at this art festival this last weekend. And we've done a lot of festivals around the area recently. So I've been observing like all the things that people get. And people were walking around with pumpkins. And I was like, oh, there must be like a little, like a thing for kids or like a prize. Maria, they were pumpkins full of alcohol. (laughs) Oh my God, you win. (laughs) And I don't know how to explain to you how long it took us to find someone who could, who could really verbalize what they were even drinking. Like it was such a fever dream for them. Like they just like, they saw one person drinking out of a pumpkin and it was a domino effect of like, I have to have that. And I was like, I assume it's like bourbon or whiskey or, you know, something like, I don't know what's, you know, I don't drink. I'm just making stuff up. Yeah. Um, something apple I don't know. <laughs> Drinking it out of a whole, like a uh, medium size, not so obviously not the little baby one. How are you going to fit? That would be like a shots. Right. Um, no, out of a medium pumpkin carved out straw, drinking from that, walking around on the street, walking around on the street. And I was just like, I know this isn't like clickbait, but this is just so good for so many reasons like what is going flabbergasted so that was my um that really like brought in the season of fall for me you know Mm, just like a bunch of people walking around carrying a a medium small pumpkin full of alcohol you know I have follow-up questions are you prepared I think so okay great so were they harrying them with one or two hands? Like how committed did you have to be to this drink? Cause I'm, I'm picturing it like a fishbowl drink that you'd get mm-hmm. on bourbon street. Mm-hmm. That's a two handed ordeal. Is this a two handed ordeal? 
Um, I think people who were trying to be uh, a little bit more chill about it were like one handing it. But to be honest, you can't look chill. It wasn't a, it wasn't like a, a crook of the arm or whatever. Okay. Uh, it wasn't like that situation because the pumpkins were so hollowed out. I believe that they were very light. Um, but I have questions on like, where did the pumpkin guts go? Were they hollowing them out live for you? <laughs> I've seen yeah. it done with pineapples. I've seen, they had a coconut, they had a coconut. Um, so they had, they were like the end of summer, but also get this pumpkin, but they were like, they were, they were not just like a classroom orange pumpkin. They were the, you know, the varied colors and everything wow. like that. So there was some variety. Um, and I think they were probably very strong and very expensive. Oh, they had to be. I mean, I'm thinking these are, you know, gourds. Like you can make crafts <laughs> gourds, out yeah, of You can gourds. make crafts out of these things, birdhouses, and yet people are carrying them around with alcohol in them. It's priceless. My other question was, um, was it just like a straw poked through a hole or was like the whole top of it off? The top of it was off and open enough for a straw. So that was the other thing. It was kind of like doing one of those swirly things where you could often see people's like mouth, like trying to like chase and find the straw. You know what I mean? Like when you're, you're the straw is like running away along the, the yeah. edge of the opening of the pumpkin. And, and this was a, a, a festival where people were drinking a lot. It was giving like Oktoberfest vibes, like festive okay. ale. Um, so I get it, but I was, first of all, it was very early for that, in my opinion. Again, I'm not someone who consumes a lot of alcohol, so I don't know. But um, I was just like, there's, I have a lot of questions and it feels like a big commitment this early in the day (laughs) to get a pumpkin. Yeah, it also feels like a farmer's carry to me. Like that feels just like you're at a market. What are you going to do with when you want to buy something? Can you hold my pumpkin real quick? It's not like putting your drink down. No, people put their their pumpkins down onto a table. Yes, they did. Oh my goodness. I mean, that is what it is. It's it's, uh, the season. The only other question I have for you is, and this is not sponsored by by any means. We, I had no idea about this, neither did Lauren. In that you, it just sort of came to you, right? You just sort of saw this. But I am curious. Did you ever find out what tent or table or company it came from? Like, was there a restaurant doing this? I could not determine who was doing it because they they were coming from multiple locations. Um, but I could no, I couldn't determine who was the creator or like the the brains behind this operation. Um, and of course, I didn't do much investigating because I had no intention of buying an alcohol pumpkin. Right. Um, right. <laughs> for, <laughs> For a number of reasons, for a number of reasons. Now I will say I was a little bit worried about like the waste, but I want to, I want to help ease, ease some people's like anxiety over that. Because if you've ever been to Philadelphia, um, you know, number one, good, good amount of trash. Um, number two, vicious, absolutely organized community of squirrels oh the squirrels of course so they are living they are (laughs) living I saw a squirrel so frantic the other day it fell out of a tree picked something up and just kept running and I was like dang like dang okay so I know that those they are living right now they have that is so good for them. So I'm not too worried about like abandoned pumpkin drinks and maybe they're a little bit intoxicated. They're definitely high on vitamin A. I'm into that. That's why he fell out of the tree because he had alcohol pumpkin. (laughs) I'm, I'm definitely feeling the uh, beta carotene for the, for the squirrels at the very least. That's a win. This is probably by far the funniest in person because it is the it is in person clickbait you see it you Mm -hmm. want it Mm -hmm. it is the most iconic yeah it it just is what it is it's it's perfect um I I guess uh straw size I'm also curious was it like like a bubble tea straw yeah like a boba straw yeah yeah yeah. so that's also just 
part of the fun. I think big just guzzling down pumpkin, like a hose, <laughs> <laughs> like a hose. Well, if you didn't already have a pumpkin alcohol beverage in your starter pack, I think that's probably needed. Yeah. You heard it maybe here first, maybe you've been doing this for years. And if so, please contact one of us and give us a demo. <laughs> I'm, again, yeah. I'm not, I, I think it's just a good party trick to have. Like, yes, yes. Uh, because you think it's a decoration, but no, there's rum in there, friends. Yes. Dangerous, dangerous. It All right. Do you have a clickbait? And I'm, I'm really interested to see the direction you went with this week because of the basic person starter, like fall starter kit. Yeah. So my direction was actually outsourcing. I, for one, I did uh, some research y'all for this episode today and I figured that will trigger my, um. I, okay. I, I did a lot. Okay. <laughs> Um, that will trigger the algorithm so that I start getting really good sponsored ads. I started this a week ago and I think my algorithm is impervious to pumpkin spice. It's just Mm. not interested. So I got a little worried and I confirmed with you this week. Okay. Pumpkin clickbait. Yes. And I thought, man, I really have to start my scroll. And I asked a couple friends, have you seen anything that's wild lately with pumpkin spice? And Mm. I do have a few minis to share with you, but the one is, um, I'm going to give you, I'm going to like three and a half, but the the one I'm going to end with is perhaps for any New Orleanian listening, the most disturbing. So one was poopery. As you know, there's the the spray that you can have in your bathroom. Poopery has a seasonal pumpkin spice. Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they? And also I sort of, I'm sort of unsure how I feel about like masking the smell of my poop with pumpkin spice that like, if this is a thing I'm supposed to be enjoying and also associating with like eating, it kind of gets weird for me. So that's one. Do you have, I'm imagining it. That's why I'm closing my eyes. If you're, (laughs) you can't, I'm, I'm really trying to imagine the whole process start to finish. I thought you were grunting. Um, No, (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm closing my eyes to put myself in the moment where I am either about to sit down on the toilet or stand up and cause you're supposed to do that first. Um, yes. you're supposed to poopery. <laughs> you are. Yeah. So then you're sitting in the mist of your pumpkin spice. And then we start, I'm into smell associations. I smell something. I think of a memory. The last thing I want, I think cinnamon <laughs> is an incredible smell. I don't want to start getting whiffs of pumpkin spice and being like, is it time to go? And I also really like if your that. bathroom is like warm, <laughs> like it's your bathroom warm. <laughs> yeah. Do you have the towel warmer on? Like, <laughs> is it getting steamy in here? It just started. Uh. It just sort of felt odd. So then I had another um, submission. That is a, I actually saw this on Nutrition Tea's story as well. This is a uh, pumpkin spice donut goldfish. It is a Dunkin' Donut infused goldfish. So just imagine you go and take a poop. You come from your pumpkin spice bathroom. You want a little snacky and you reach for goldfish, which are Mm -hmm. traditionally cheese that are now savory. Yes pumpkin spice i really my head gets in a messy space but dunkin donuts is involved dunkin donuts is involved Uh, the container i'm looking at it now is a pink top with an orange bottom it's a goldfish dunkin collab it's a collab wow you know what the industry giants are just really consolidating on this oh they're they're in it to win it together they are so in it to win it which i honestly i've never seen capitalism come together quite like that over anything but pumpkin spice mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. interesting all right that, give me yes. the last one give me the, okay, last one. the last one is really disappointing because lauren has uh you know some deodorant preferences and we've talked often about our, our armpits and mm-hmm. You have sensitive armpits. I'm sort of in a situation where I'm sweating all the time, 90% of the year, no matter how much deodorant or antiperspirant I wear. um, It just, I'm always going to smell and I'm always going to sweat, but don't worry if you are sweating it in New Orleans with me, native has pumpkin spice deodorant. It is aluminum free, which for some of us we need because it kind of feels, I don't know, I feel like my pores clogged. Not only could you smell like pumpkin spice, but because of the absence of deodorant, now your pores are open and able to perspire. You can have sweaty pumpkin spice sweat. That's also not a scent combination I'm interested in. We've got, first of all, poop, poopery, poop, 
and pumpkin, not into that. And I'm ending it with another not into it. I could get with the graham cracker goldfish, but okay. I'm I'm very unsure about the, the native deodorant. And of course, now that I clicked on it, it's everywhere. It is my sponsored ad everywhere. I apologize in advance. And guess what? I thought there'd be more people like me in the reviews. Nope. Only five and four star reviews. Yeah. Um, I think that you kind of like back yourself into a corner if you're buying that, you know, like you're, you, you, <laughs> number one, if you're buying that, you've probably made up your mind. Um, <laughs> oh, so you're not going to tell on yourself in a review is what I'm hearing. Right. So you either don't like it quietly <laughs> <laughs> or you love it out loud. Yeah. Oh, there's, a, there's like thousands thousands of five-star reviews um I was like, this has got to be a lie this is i don't be a lie that, hmm. i was trying to see how i feel about that because i'm 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 sure that there are occasions where like smelling cinnamony and like mm. you know spicy is yeah. not necessarily bad bergamot into it um but like <gasps> this is a this is from my personal personal thing like I don't think that that would be a good vibe for me sweat wise I think that or for I guess for others for me I probably wouldn't care (laughs) so I guess it's safe to say that the clickbait for that I have offered today is not really your cup of tea huh I don't think it's for me um and again I think once we get into a little bit more of this you will determine like how much of a, a fall person I am but I think that uh, yeah, I don't think any of those things are particularly for me. I mean, I would smell them if they were available. <laughs> yeah, um, I would scratch and sniff. Not your armpits per se. Yeah, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Like if there was a sample. Yeah, yeah, we're close, but not that close. No, you don't. Well, I mean, yeah. you don't have to be that close to smell me. Yeah. But anyway, mm-hmm. let's keep. It's it a gift. Let's, yeah, well, okay. so we'll hop into it. So I think it's important, uh, besides just hearing our opinions on pumpkin spice, which I know you're just y'all are just loving. Let's also kind of look at what's the general history. What is pumpkin spice? Where did it come from? And then we're going to kind of expand that conversation a little bit more. And, you know, let's kind of take it for what it is. It's definitely not this like easygoing sweet drink that we can just kind of not think about these things. Like thinking about the history is really important. So first, I would love to define for y'all what is pumpkin spice. So pumpkin spice is truly pumpkin pie spice. Mm -hmm. And a lot of folks get bent out of shape that it's no, it doesn't have pumpkin. It actually was never intended to have pumpkin because when it was created, it was a blend. And I'll tell you a little bit more about where the spices come from, but it was a blend of spices that were paired with many other things besides pumpkin. Pumpkin happened much later. So The spices are typically cinnamon, ginger, nutmeg, allspice, sometimes clove. And those spices individually are all native to Southeast Asian islands, aka the Spice Islands. So these Spice Islands have all of these spices available. um, And of course, they were available to the Dutch who came to take control of Spice Islands in the early 17th century. So of course, we've got our fair dose of colonizing, right? from the start. You have a Can thought? I interrupt? I have Always. a big thought. Okay. Yeah. Um, I will tell you that pumpkin pie spice is, was, is the backbone of the spices that I had growing up because huh. my grandma is a big pumpkin pie person. Um, and I was just laughing because it was like a big Dutch community growing up. And so, <laughs> so I'm like, <gasps> keep going. Baby. Yes. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Um, so the Dutch form this spice blend and they're calling it specula scruton. I'm sure a history buff could, or a you know, Dutch person could pronounce that properly, but that's my best pronunciation for this. And it included those spices I mentioned before, as well as white pepper and cardamom. Around the same time, the British start making something called pumpkin pie, P-Y-E is how they spelled it, with cinnamon, nutmeg, cloves, and pepper. So of course, the spices are making their way through these European countries. 
And then it gets interesting. We start to see it in text. So I've got a couple cookbooks for y'all. 1791, we've got Mrs. Fraser's cookbook and it's called The Practice of Cookery. And it featured something called mixed spices. And that is this sort of pumpkin spice blend. She called it mixed spices. And it includes something that she noted as Jamaica pepper, which Mm. is allspice. And they called it Jamaica pepper because the British because they stole Jamaica. it from Jamaica. <laughs> yes, yes. So they're like, here's this Jamaica pepper we have, and it's actually what we know now as allspice. And not but five years apart is another cookbook um, from Amelia Simmons. She writes American Cookery. It's an early American cookbook, and it includes one of the first pumpkin pie recipes. It uses a, a spice called mace as well as mm-hmm. nutmeg and ginger. Here's the interesting piece. The pumpkin is one of the earliest domesticated crops on earth and was used by indigenous peoples of North America. And the way they prepared it was mainly savory. So this sort of sweet bridge of the spices from the spice islands, it kind of carried through Europe and then pairing it with pumpkin in North America and is not the original usage of pumpkin by indigenous peoples. The colonizers really made it this sweet product. So then, of course, 1934 rolls around. McCormick's like, we have this on lock. And they introduce pumpkin pie spice. I can't what- believe it's been around that long. I cannot. Wait, yeah, we're talking like a really long time. I mean, I can't even believe McCormick spices. <laughs> Yeah, McCormick's got their claws in this. Yeah, they were like, "Dang, like what?" But you know, but you know what they saw? They saw a really good business opportunity because all these cookbooks were coming out. You know, forties and fifties housewives making things, got their cookbooks, and it's these cookbooks in the fifties and sixties started to call for pumpkin pie spice. They didn't call for the individual spices anymore. They just called for pumpkin pie spice, which means McCormick definitely had its hand over the whole. PSL market, if you will. I love that. Market. I want to book. I'm I'm bookmarking this. That's why I'm I'm waving my hand. Okay, amazing. If you're listening, you can't see me, but I'm bookmarking that in my brain and Maria's because I want to circle back to that. Okay, beautiful. I'm almost done. So the end of this story comes uh, to the present day, where pumpkin spice lattes uh, bring in over a hundred million dollars a year. It is an incredibly lucrative part of the Starbucks menu of just the economy in general. And my favorite piece here that I learned is that when we, yeah, a couple of years ago, I'd even say as far as 10 years ago, pumpkin spice always came back in September, but then it slowly started to creep in earlier and earlier and earlier. And I was like, what on earth is happening? It was the influence of Gen Z. Isn't that the most interesting thing? Like I figured it was just all this millennial obsession with pumpkin spice, but no, it's beyond generations. Gen Z kind of market research showed we want to offer this sooner because this population of people saying they would drink it in August. So Mm -hmm. that's also, you know, why we have pumpkin spice happening in August in the middle of a hot, hot summer here in New Orleans. We're like, what on earth is happening um, so it's, it's just also fascinating to me, well, no one's surprised, right? <laughs> no one's surprised that we stole these spices and we uh, put them together and decided to make things of it and give it its own special name. And it's, it's kind of taken off. I am curious one about your McCormick bookmark. And I also am curious, how do you feel about it with this history? Okay. So the bookmark in my brain was the fact that you said that recipes started calling specifically for pumpkin pie spice. And I'm thinking about the demographic. I'm thinking of who they're appealing to. And I'm thinking about outside of that demographic, other cultures who typically have a more robust spice drawer. So they would be able to put together nutmeg, allspice, mace, (laughs) ginger and cinnamon because they would have all of those individual things. But when we're thinking about, I don't know, maybe people who don't use as many spices, they need an all-in-one because they're only using it for this specific recipe. Yes. Right. I mean, you think about the usage of cinnamon in other cultures. It's often used in meat seasoning. Ginger. Right. Ginger. Of course. Like you think about 
how these spices are utilized across the globe with savory foods, mm-hmm. which, um, you know, traditional white cuisine, you know, raised in a white family, I had cinnamon with banana bread. Right. I never had cinnamon with or applesauce, <laughs> right. Or applesauce. So I do find that, um, the most, that's an awesome bookmark. I'm really glad you shared that. Yeah. That was my, like, I was like, oh my gosh, they had to make it its own thing. Now, listen, I'm a creature of convenience. All right. Premix anything for me. I get it. And I also have individual spices that could go into that. Like I have nutmeg, I have ginger, I have cinnamon, I have allspice. Like I have all of those things. And I feel like maybe a lot of people specifically when McCormick was like, ding, ding, ding. Mm -hmm. Um, Number one, spices are still something that are like out of a lot of people's price range, like getting, getting and collect, being a collector of spices, but also depends on where you shop, depends on how you're buying them. If you're buying, if you're buying them in bulk, like some people I know and grew up with, like, (laughs) I think that it really depends on, on the usage of that outside of this very, very, very specific thing. So that really kind of, um, I, I definitely attach to that. I'm like, oh, they needed to make a blend because they didn't usually have these in their house. Correct. Correct. Or they would sit and maybe get dusty and go bad. People don't seem to think spices go bad, but they do have, they do lose their flavor and they kind of in some capacity expire. Right. Right. So to think like, what are you, what are we doing with allspice uh, other than all of the rest of the year? Right. Right. So definitely the convenience factor came into play and then it became an icon, right? This pumpkin pie spice, which we now just call pumpkin spice. Mm -hmm. So, you know, kind of looping it all together. The biggest complaint I hear around pumpkin spice latte time is there's not even any pumpkin in the latte. It's like, well, there was never intended to be pumpkin in it. This pumpkin pie spice is, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years of different cultures figuring out what variations of this blend they really like. These flavors really do go nicely together. So part of it isn't just, oh, it's pumpkin. It has to include pumpkin. It it can be applied to many different cuisines, many different cultures, but we start to get a little, well, there's a right way and a wrong way to pumpkin Mm -hmm. spice latte. And that's, of course, we talk about perfectionism. We talk about all or nothing thinking all the time. And I think that kind of comes into play too here. Yes. And I think I was going to take a, a snarkier, I was going to take a snarkier take on this first, to be honest. Um, and I did get my little jabs in about people not using spices, but <laughs> I think that pumpkin spice could be a gateway spicy for some people. Mm, tell us more. So um, I think that we've we have created this image in our basic person fall starter pack of like, who's loving a pumpkin spice and like even sometimes the rejection of the idea of being a person who likes pumpkin spice um like oh that's for white girls yeah mm-hmm. and you just <laughs> ran down the history which clearly wasn't for <laughs> white girls for a very long time right um and I also just think that what you said like if you were growing up in a household that didn't use a lot of spices, if you're growing up only having pumpkin pie once a year, which I will tell you, my grandma was making pumpkin pudding. It's pumpkin pie <gasps> filling with no crust. Oh, very good. Um, all the time for no reason <laughs> because she likes it and I like it. And like, she would give it to kids, like whatever. Um, it's easy. It was an easy recipe you could do together. I think if you grew up in a space where you weren't having a lot of spices and you just tipped that Starbucks cup up to your unspicied lips and you tasted (laughs) that glorious combination that might be something that like switches something for you where you're like maybe I do like these flavors Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and maybe you start to expand your palate I don't know or maybe you just never step outside of that and you're like I only get the same thing every year but I think you know if we want to talk about basic Trader Joe's has really like started pulling that out of people right yes they're like you like a pumpkin spice latte can I tell you about this pumpkin spice body butter right (laughs) like this yogurt covered pumpkin spice raisin yeah yeah, really just pumpkin spice like 
aioli (laughs) (laughs) yep you know it's there you laugh and I know that it's there that pumpkin spice aioli is there so I think that I think that in some ways it's doing what it always has which is uh becoming colonized um yeah and I also think that if I can look at this maybe in, in a put a little positive tinge on it maybe it expands some people's palates I I like to go out and enjoy food or enjoy food with people who like to enjoy food and have, you know, a wide variety of taste buds. So maybe, you know, this converts a few people. Mm. That's such a, a, such an optimistic statement. I really wasn't, I wasn't seeing this come up as like a gateway flavor or spice blend. And I really like that. And I hope, especially for younger kids, maybe where they're not experiencing these flavors on the the regular in their household, maybe it does. And yet I also think about this Trader Joe'sism kind of situation Uh where we're just calling it pumpkin spice. We're not, some places are calling it fall or autumn. And I will give Trader Joe's the nod that they're also incorporating maple. They're incorporating other variations of fall flavors and I just find it so, I find it a little tricky because I'd love for people to be exposed to more flavors and spices without boxing themselves in to, I only like pumpkin spice. Well, y'all, if you like pumpkin spice, you like five or six different spices and <laughs> yeah. you might really love them and other things. I meant to tell you, I looked up one other thing in this research. It is the last academic piece I'll share. I looked up in the state's where people are buying pumpkin spice flavors the most louisiana ranked 49th i believe it because they already have spices (laughs) mississippi was 50th part of me started to think right yes lauren has her hands over the air right (laughs) so that connects and i looked back at my home state in your current state of pennsylvania and it was like the 10th or 15th so Right. There it is, y'all. So isn't that kind of interesting? I want you to go and look up the map. It's really interesting to see. Oh, wait, I want to know how I want to know how California ranks. And I want to know only because the idea that California, what is fall in California? Like, what are seasons? But yet there, there she was. There she was just cooking up pumpkin pudding whenever (laughs) she wanted. I love that. Yeah, I love her. I can, uh, I can pull it up for you if you'd like. I want to know. I want to know what the top three were. Okay. So the state that consumes the most is West Virginia. And then, and then it's New Hampshire, which I think okay. that kind of checks out. Mm-hmm. And then followed by Vermont. That definitely checks okay, out. Okay. So three very, very wide places. <laughs> and then we've got, let's see where California is. Uh, California is 23. Okay. And then, yep. Louisiana, 49, Mississippi, 50. Um, if you're wondering about places, maybe not mainland, like Hawaii was 45th. So that might also kind of make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other, I'll give you two, the two, the top five, West Virginia, New Hampshire, Vermont, <laughs> don't laugh, Lauren, Nebraska, Montana. Okay. So yeah. I feel like when I said <laughs> that it's a convenience buy for people who don't normally use spices, I may have been on to something. <laughs> it's a be- I mean, look at us. It's Carmen San Diego stuff here. We're just this is, this is an anthropology podcast. <laughs> We did put it under culture, y'all. We were like, we don't want to be health and fitness. We're a little bit of everything. And I did tag it as a cultural podcast. We do talk about we do talk about culture. So here we are. Um, we truly hope that you loved hearing about the pumpkin spice history and marketing, as well as our different takes on how it impacts us as, uh, you know, as a country or just as a society in general. Uh, I think we're going to take this starter pack into fashion. Ooh, yes. where do you, wh- when you close your eyes, <laughs> okay. what do you think of, okay, because this is actually more important for me to hear from you because I didn't grow up someplace that had a fall. So it doesn't okay. matter what okay. I say. Um <laughs> what do you think of what is a fall fit what is a fall fit okay I can tell you right now a fall fit is dark relaxed jeans with booties Mm -hmm. um a flannel a scarf and a beanie Mm -hmm. and if it's a little too chilly a vest um it's a reddish dark reddish or almost a purplish red lip my hair is down 
Um, it's still sunny. I still rock in sunglasses. Mm. Relaxed. I'm feeling good. And you know, I might even throw a chunky sweater in instead of that vest. That is fall to me. As you know, this is a daydream now. Because yeah, this is a, this is a <laughs> I, <don't. laughs> this, I just, I, I feel like though, so it's, it's interesting because now I'm in a place where I'm in the place you grew up. So I'm yeah. experiencing similar weather. It's different than 20 years ago um, because the weather is rapidly yes. changing. Yes. Um, but I did not grow up with a traditional fall. And so I don't, I mean, so in California, you're wearing a squirt and Uggs. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it looks like here. Everybody's wearing Uggs with, a, with denim shorts. You're wearing a Hollister, a Hollister collared t-shirt. We're going back to the back to school, but like yes. you're wearing a Hollister collared t-shirt. Um, yeah. Shorts, little short, little and Uggs. And I've never owned a pair of Uggs and we won't get into it, but yeah, like no, I have either. Oh me wait, either. never mind. I own a pair of Uggs, but they're slippers. They're that slippers. That was a very special present. I remember when you got them. <laughs> it was a Slipper. big deal for you. It's a big deal for you. Slipper clean. All right. So we're moving on to fall fits and our most notable fall fit or the one we want to focus on today. Can yeah. You tell us more. Yeah, absolutely. So we started talking about this topic about a week ago, and we landed on the boyfriend fit, the relaxed jeans, oversized clothing. I saw it last year, um, specifically Old Navy, just pulling the oranges, the goldenrod yellow, the browns, auburns, like kind of the shirt color shirt you're wearing oversized um, Mm -hmm. and then really pushing. I've seen a lot of companies pushing boyfriend fit, which obviously there's a heteronormative concept here that we can just name because that's like, what does it mean to be boyfriend fit? Obviously the intention is sort of cute. You put on your boyfriend's jeans and you went outside <laughs> to get the mail and you're drinking your coffee on the porch. But um, for some of us, Lauren, and I think maybe both of us included here, it's not that simple. I would love boyfriend to see fit. I would love to see you. <laughs> in your boyfriend <laughs> um no. specifically because i know your husband <laughs> but like um oh. you know really like there's a little bit more um there's a little bit more like size like i can go back and forth and wear some of scott's stuff but that it looks like i bought that shit for myself um right doesn't right. look like my boyfriend it doesn't look like boyfriend fit it doesn't look like this relaxed distressed mm-hmm. look mm-hmm. it's not cute and like hanging on me in just a perfect fashionable way same thing like it might button might and it's the butt's not relaxed mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. all I mean that is still mm-mm. I mean I, to me it kind of feels like who gets to participate in this I think that was something you also share with me what where do we where do we take this trend that's sort of like part of the fall look and the starter kit if it doesn't actually fit, like what happens when you're, you don't fit the boyfriend fit? Yeah. I think that, so number one, um, it's also, yeah, like we went over the heteronormative stuff. It's, it's a lot, (laughs) but I think that there's an opportunity for like a reframe here because we are in a space where like people who are fat in larger bodies, like you don't get to wear like well, first of all, you don't get to wear a lot because people aren't making shit for you. Yeah. Second, you don't get to wear oversized stuff because that's sloppy. Right. Um, Lazy. Like these buzzwords that are applied to some bodies and not other bodies. Um, So I think the boyfriend fit can get very complicated there. Also like, I'm going to get this because it's so oversized. Like, bitch, that is my regular size. Yeah. Yeah. And you're buying it out. And now I don't have a shirt. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, I'm laughing, but like, that's real. That's yeah. real. And people, you know, when it comes to like thrifting and stuff and people really getting this oversized stuff and not realizing that like, you know, people don't have the options that they have. Um, so I think that that's one thing, but I also think like maybe there is space for, all bodies to lean into comfort core my favorite Um, oh baby comfort core indeed (laughs) so like maybe there is space hopefully as as brands like expand sizes or 
I guess people embrace different styles as well um, for everyone to have like a cozy fit. Right. Cause I, I don't necessarily think it's fair if, uh, if you've grown up in an environment where your, your parents told you to wear things that were flattering and that would have excluded mm-hmm. in the nineties, like baggy items or roomy type of clothes, because that was sort of in when we were growing up, um, it might feel like a way to reclaim that fashion. If you have that opportunity to participate in it, like I am going to wear comfortable clothes. I am going to kind of buy the oversized look. And I will also give it one more positive, which is some of my quote, oversized looks, my, you know, larger crop tops um, or like really roomy sweatshirts. Well, they're not so roomy anymore and they still fit. And so there is something, something nice about buying clothes that are spacious so that you can almost have them when you need to grow into them. Or if we're always buying form-fitting clothes, it makes very little space for us to have comfortable items on days where we just aren't feeling it or on days where they actually aren't fitting the way they used to. So having the space in your wardrobe, I think is also a nice concept to bring in here that we can borrow from this idea of, you know, if if it's as simple as you get up and you put on your boyfriend's jeans, like what is the difference between that and getting up and putting on the jeans that are one or two sizes larger, because that feels better today. Yes. That part, like leaning into, uh, abandoning sizes again, lots of, lots, lots of privilege in that take, because that, that is uh, a take from that. You have the options to change sizes, which correct. Correct. But yeah, I mean, I like, you know, me, I love to be comfy. Um, and also (laughs) I wear the same size shirt as my husband. So, (laughs) um, anyway, let's move on. Yeah, whenever Caleb brings home a shirt, he's like, I thought you would like this. I was like, for what? It's not a sleep shirt. This is this, this is, is a medium. This and is, like yeah, a youth, is this a youth medium? <laughs> it fits like a youth medium. Yeah, I, I get so annoyed because he, you know, means well. Um, I said at this point, it's it, it's definitely not gonna be medium shirts anymore, honey. I love it and I I love you, but it's not. It's yeah, not I mean, it. I think that there's also, yeah, I mean you know, I'm, I'm here for, I'm here for the comfort. And if that means embracing and changing sizes, when you have the option, do it, but yeah, don't be bringing me, don't be bringing me like baby <laughs> shirts. I don't want that shit. No, I'll put them on Josie. <gasps> okay. Um, okay. So we've got this last topic. <laughs> I'm scared for the last topic. Um, well, it came up because there were some sharp opinions about hats. Okay. I feel like I shouldn't have an opinion about hats, um, but you have a lot. And I, yeah, I'll be honest. I think it's a little judgy. My opinion's definitely judgy. So do we want to start with you since, well, I mean, this is a typical Taurus and Sagittarius dilemma, right? I'm like, <laughs> I don't really have an opinion. And you're like, like I have. Oh, yeah. my moral compass is wrapped up in this. <laughs> so yeah, sure. I'll start. So I think I started to find myself annoyed with hats when I moved to Louisiana and people were truly just wearing hats for fashion statement. And I also started to notice that meant people were wearing these wide brimmed hats indoors. I feel very strongly that hats are a utilitarian choice mm. and they have a purpose. Earth hats sign. have a purpose. I know. And this is someone who loves, I love a dad hat. And a I, costume. And I love, love a costume. costume. But there's just something about being all done up with a hat. And like the hat makes the fit, especially a for, more formal hat. Uh, I don't know. It just, I, it also kind of reminds me of like the mom influencer, like the influencer in general, who's doing some sort of reading or a live chat and they're in their house wearing a hat. Mm. I I just, you know, when something just kind of makes you go, uh, that that's, that's, that's how you feel about it. That I'm yeah. just like, oh, why are we, why take your hat off? <laughs> I don't know. Is that like a 1930s grandpa thing? Like, yeah, we're, in, we're indoors. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. I was going to say oh, that man. is some old dad ass <laughs> energy. That is. Um, I live with a hat person, as you know. Yeah. I live with a hat person. And it's, <laughs> I don't, it's utilitarian because he doesn't have hair. 
No, yeah. And he also like gets a cold head. Yeah. Yeah. We need <laughs> um, coverage. He so yeah, he's a hat person. I felt like I didn't have much to add to this conversation because I can't fit any hats on my head. <laughs> Correct. I've um, never seen you wear a hat. A hood. Oh. Like a sweatshirt yeah. hood, yeah. And I and and for those of you who don't know, I have very big curly hair. Um, lots of it. It's dense. And in the winter, I don't even use a scarf. I keep my hair down and I put it inside of my hood yeah. as a down. <laughs> like, <laughs> a feathery down around my neck of my own hair. And so, yeah, a hat has never been for me. I will say I have and love hat friends. You know, I have yeah. friends oh, yeah. who do that hat thing that you're talking about. And I see it and I'm like, love that for you could not be me for us for several reasons. So I won't, I won't call it on my hat life. If we can find a wide brim hat that fits me, maybe it'll transform me into a different person and I will be in a field. Um, wow. Picking, I will be picking an apple and with a scarf. I'll have a scarf, not my hair. Will you be drinking out of a pumpkin? Drinking out of a pumpkin on a hayride. There's so many fall activities that I can't do because Scott's allergic to everything. Oh, that's hard. <laughs> yeah, that's hard. I went on a hayride once and I was just like, it was like <laughs> a kid's party. Um, and he, he was like there and I was waving as we went past because he's like, literally, I will, we will have to go to the hospital. <gasps> oh, that's terrible. So, you know, fall's not for everybody. This is true. <laughs> I think if you're out there and you know of a hat that could fit Lauren and really still bring in Lauren's energy and I call it fashion, Lauren laughs when I call it her fashion because I think you don't necessarily see yourself as fashionable, but mm-hmm. I do. Um, I'd love to see it. There is, you know, there, there are hat makers. What are they called? Um, mill? Mill? What are they called? Hat Hatters? They're not called hatters, are they? (laughs) The Mad Hatter was a hatter. I feel like there's another name for it too. No, hat makers. Okay, well, we're going to call them haberdashers? Millineries. Millineries. That's what I'm thinking. People that make hats. Okay. Yeah. Okay, well, you keep learning on this podcast, y'all. You just keep learning. Um, I I, I believe there probably is a hat in the world um I got yeah. like a I got like a large-ish dome okay and then like that dome is also full of hair so the hair will squish down but I don't I just don't know if I can do it and if you'd want to if that's comfortable I've never had the option yeah <laughs> well let's let's get Lauren a hat for fall and I don't care if she wears it indoors on a live I really don't I will forgive and I will forget <laughs> the way I will not act right if I'm wearing a hat. <laughs> Stick a couple feathers in it and it's game over for you. You're going to be a whole new personality. I know you don't watch what we do in the shadows, but there's a I hat. D- I do now. Okay, I do. good. I started. Good, good. There's a hat drama on that and there's like a haunted hat and <laughs> that's how I'm going to be acting. Okay. Like they, they are like all about the haunted hat. It's a big, it's a big to do. Um, and I'm going to be that person when I have a hat on, I'm going to be wearing like the haunted hat. <laughs> okay. uh, well, I look forward to our listeners helping us pursue this hat for Lauren. Uh, any other thoughts on, you know, do we miss anything in your eyes? We only were hitting on a couple, but are there any other parts of the starter pack that we need to include today? I mean, I think we can, when we move forward, the, the apple picking thing is something I never experienced. Ever? <laughs> I mean, before moving here. Oh, oh, sure. Yes, yes. I went to a school in rural Maryland and there was a beautiful orchard right down the street from campus. So we went every year and I had never picked apples like off of a tree before until I did that. And I just thought that's really cool. There's all these different kinds of apples. We are definitely going to get into more fall season things maybe for now I think we've got the fashion we've got the latte me thinking caramel apple and then that leads to those little candies the ones oh that I are love like those yeah, yeah yes yeah. I love those um we used to eat them in high school all the time in our we had a little candy store just the best 
Amazing. Yes. Um, so are we talking about feedback? Do we want feedback from people about hats? About yeah. yeah, yeah. I think this is an open call for feedback. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's, let's hear it. We want to know what's in your fall starter kit and um, direct all of your strong feelings about hats to Maria. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> Yeah, we can get into it. I'm open-minded and also close-minded. She said we could get into it. Like you're gonna fight about hats? No, we can get into the conversation. Are you? Are you? Are you egging me on? Yeah, you are. Look at the fists up. Oh my goodness. Um, I think that would be fun. It would be nice to hear what's in everybody's starter pack, especially with different climates and Mm -hmm. experiences. I mean, my fall still includes a hurricane season, so I think everybody's got different ways to experience it. Some people are getting snow. If you're in Maine, you get snow in the fall. Yeah. And uh, folks in Canada are probably about to have snow or already have had some. Yeah. Snow. Yeah. Um, so we would love to hear your feedback. If you're on Patreon, um, you'll pro- probably watched this foolishness today. And you can also kind of chime in with your attachments, uh, files, <laughs> anything you'd like to share. I want to see those pics. Of- yes. <laughs> uh I think we also want to see pics of your costumes because next week, what are we going to talk talk about next week, Laura? So next week we're diving into our mostly treats episode. So less tricks, mostly treats. Um, And we're going to be talking about, you know, Halloween trick or treat. Um, We're going to talk about costumes. Maria loves a costume. So that's definitely going to be her her area of expertise. We're going to talk about the Halloween experience. And if you never had a trick or treat or Halloween experience, you can have that with us next week. Cause we are going to talk about really the ins and outs of the classic Halloween experience. Uh, the candy trades, dumps, donations, what a treat is, how to treat a treat, how we're treating a treat as adults and how we can get back to loving treats. And yeah, I think that's pretty much what we're going to be getting into next week. I'm really, I'm, I'm excited. I uh, bought myself a Halloween house, haunted house decorating kit. This will be done by next week. So I can hold that up. Oh, wow. I can't wait to see that. I was going to ask, should we dress up for the episode? Oh my gosh. I don't even have anything to wear. It will be early in the season. Maybe, maybe on the day that we actually record for around Halloween. I think at some point, at least for the Patreon, we need to be showing ourselves in costume. Okay. All this, all this lead up for Halloween. I think they'd love it. All right. Um, I'm really looking, party. I'm really looking forward to it, not just because of costumes, but one of the biggest things my clients have talked to me about, and you probably hear it too, is well, even calling food a treat feels weird now. Mm. So I, I really am interested in what we are going to get into in a nice way, not in a fight. Um, and really, you know, come to peace with this time of year because it is filled with these these uh, treats, but we don't want any tricks played on us about it. No tricks. Okay. So that pretty much wraps up this episode. Like, comment, share, review, all the above. things. Join us on the Patreon if you're into it. Uh, we'll have a costume party at, at some point. We'll all compare yes. our costumes there on the Patreon. <laughs> Get ready, y'all. Thanks so much for joining us today. We can't yes. wait to have you next week. Bye. Bye.